Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to Dwell, a Cersei Institute podcast for homeschool moms by homeschool moms. I'm your co-host, Renee Mathis, and I'm joined here today by my other co-host, Karen Kern. Hi, Karen. Hi, Renee. And our special guest is Molly Rickner from Ohio, and I'm so excited to introduce Molly. She is one of my friends from the Cersei Apprenticeship, and she is a fellow head mentor in the Cersei Apprenticeship. Um, Molly is the mother of two daughters who are graduated and and in college themselves. Um, She's the principal of... Trinity Christian Academy in Ohio. It's a K through eight classical school. And like I said, Molly is a graduate of the Cersei Apprenticeship and now a head mentor with the Midwest Apprenticeship Group. And she's joining us today to help us learn more about how we can teach Latin in our homeschools. Molly teaches Latin, Lost Tools of Writing, and English Grammar at her school. So you can see um, where she is also the principal. I don't know if I said that. Um, Molly's a word person. So she understands all these nuances of not only English and writing, but also Latin. So welcome, Molly. We're glad you're here. And um, we're going to talk to you today and, and pick your brain and, and learn all that we can about how we can teach Latin in our own homeschools. So it's good to have you. Very good. Thanks, Renee. Thanks, Karen, for having me. Oh, thanks for being here. So, Karen, you had a good question. Um, Why don't you go ahead and kick us off with what you and Molly were just talking about? Yeah, so I have a few questions. First of all, let's go back to um, your personal experience with Latin. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, if you're like many people teaching it and moms who are trying to teach it at home, you didn't grow up learning it. So, First, how did you become interested in teaching Latin and how did you uh, prepare yourself to do it? That's a good question. When my oldest daughter was in third grade and was taking Latin for her first year at our school, another teacher was her teacher and she was bringing the work home and I just enjoyed helping her with her homework because I am a word person and, and being able to just enjoy that time with her, learning her words and learning the charts and the songs and all the things. And the next year, there was a need at our school 
for someone to take over teaching Latin. And as I did throughout growing up with this school, I just said, well, I can do that. Um, that's how I, I grew up to become, I say, the, the head teacher at the school. I started out as a room mom in her kindergarten class and just helped out and just enjoyed spending the day at her school. And I kept saying, I can do that until pretty soon they said, well, we need a head teacher. I'm like, well, I can do that. So that's how I started teaching Latin was just simply saying, I think I can do it. So I had no experience with Latin. I enjoyed words. I took Spanish growing, you know, going through high school, but that was my only other language. So when they needed the teacher, I'd had that one year of just helping my own daughter with her Latin work. And when I started teaching it, by teaching, we learn. And I kept up just enough to stay a week or two ahead of my own students. And it was fun. And I look back at those first couple years and I think, wow, that's, I'm sorry <laughs> to those first couple, couple years of students. But they learned and I learned. And it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun growing with them. We all, I think we all say that when we look back on our first teaching experiences, we're like, oh dear, we're sorry. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I you know. There's lots of grace there and there's lots of learning to be had. Yeah. That's interesting. Right. Absolutely. So when you started teaching, Molly, what, what grade did you start teaching Latin? I had uh, third and fourth graders that were taking Latin. So um now we take Latin up through our seventh grade class. We'll add it into eighth grade next year. So while I've been teaching Latin since 2008, I'm only versed in Latin up through about a seventh grade level. So I've I've got a lot of room and a lot of things that I want to learn about Latin myself and take myself farther. Um, but our school starts in third grade and then heads, we'll take it all the way through eighth grade once we keep keep moving it along. Okay. How many students are are in your class? Uh, so K this year, we're actually K through seven. We'll bring our eighth grade back in next year. And we have 52 students total for the whole school. So we're a fairly small school. Um, each grade has six or seven in the class. Uh, I think one of the grades has uh, a couple more. But for the most part, our grades are around six or seven in each group. Okay, so it's not that different from a homeschooling setting or a co-op setting. Right, exactly. Right, where mm -hmm. you, know, you might have some other children over to learn with your children. That's right. In a school. Right. Yeah, in fact, our little school is considered to be a homeschool co-op by the state of Ohio. We have a couple of our fantastic teachers who don't have a bachelor's degree. And in Ohio, you must have a bachelor's degree to be a non-charter, non-public school. And we thought, well, we're either going to let these great teachers go or we're just going to take a step back and just call ourselves a homeschool. And that's worked really well for us. So each of our school families is a homeschooling family. And in fact, we want them to be as involved as they can in our school day and whatever way they want to be involved, they're in there. So um, yeah, it's, it's nice small groups. It's a nice low teacher to student ratio and we can have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I like that. Do you go five days a week or is it hybrid? We do. Yeah, it's a five day a week. So it really functions fully as a school, but it's just classified as a homeschool co-op. Okay, that's good to know. Would you say that third grade is a good grade to start teaching and learning Latin if, if you have, you know, all things being equal and all your options are there? I mean, obviously, if you start with an older child that you are starting fresh with, you start where you are. But would you say waiting till third grade is, is a good plan? I think that's fine. We actually, our kindergarten teacher brings in some Latin as well. She's bilingual, so she speaks Portuguese as well. She grew up as a missionary kid in Brazil. So she brings in Portuguese 
uh, and then she has this a smaller like little little child uh, Latin that she brings in. So she starts that then just getting them used to other other words um, with four things. But we don't do the formal Latin until third grade. So I, it has worked well for us. It has worked well for us. Mm-hmm. Um, what what curriculum do you like? What curriculum are you using? What curriculum would you recommend for the youngest years? I can, I will speak to what we use. I've never taught from anything else. So there may be others out there that are, that are fantastic. I'm sure there are, but we use Latin for children from classical academic press. And I've really enjoyed teaching with that one. It's a a grammar based vocabulary based program. Um, I know there's other fantastic programs out there. So that one has worked really well for us. They do Latin for children, third, fourth, and fifth grade. And then we transition into their Latin Alive for sixth, seventh, and then we'll continue using that for our eighth graders. Um, but again, I know there's a ton of good, good programs out there. You mentioned um, that you've taken part in some Cersei uh, programs for, if we ought to call it continuing Latin ed. Um, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And then also some of the takeaways that, you, that you've learned. Yeah, definitely. Um, just recently, Buck Holler led a six-week Latin intensive. So I took that and um, I was just uh, telling you all before we started recording, um, but I don't think I used this word. It put me into a bit of an existential crisis because I've been teaching Latin since 2008 with the same program, and I've been pretty well teaching it the same way. And what Buck was able to show was a, another beautiful way to teach Latin, so which is conversational, and it's bringing in um, the idea of just understanding not that, you know, the word for this thing is this word in Latin, but this is what it is. Um, And I'm not going to say it nearly as well as he does. Um, But there's a lot of the ways that he was talking about of interacting in Latin with the students right from the beginning that I'm starting to implement um, in my classrooms. And the students love it. When I'm asking questions in Latin and they're learning how to answer in Latin, they think that's pretty, pretty neat stuff. Um, So I'm going to work on over the summer practicing and um, figuring out how to bring more of that into the classroom without necessarily transitioning into a whole new Latin curriculum. I don't think I'm ready for that yet for our school. That's not something that that would be a, you know, an investment in cost as well as um, if any other teachers come along uh, to teach Latin in our school. But there's a lot of ways that I'm going to try to update the way I'm bringing the information to the kiddos. So that's been that's been troubling and yet exciting at the same time. Right. So what my, oh, sorry. Uh, Go ahead. I was going to remind everybody, Buck does lead our Latin apprenticeship, mm-hmm. which is, you, you took six weeks with Buck. The Latin apprenticeship right. is a three-year program designed to really get you deep diving into all things Latin. Um, and I imagine Buck probably conducts most of that in Latin as well. Yep. He's so good at it. Um, but yeah, I, I just, just, even that one small takeaway, it sounds like it's paying off beautifully with great benefits um, in, in your classroom. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I, I think I've been very content with where my knowledge of Latin was because I've taught it for so long and then finding out, and I knew there was more out there to get, but it was a bit of a spark, something, okay, I can keep learning. I can keep growing and I can get more from this and bring it to the students in a more engaging and in a way that's more appropriate maybe to their their uh, 
you know, to themselves, right? It's something that it's not just, not that my class was drudge. I try to make it as fun as possible, but it was a lot of book work and a lot of, you know, desk work. The way I'm trying to bring it now is more active and more engaged. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to keep growing that piece of it. Um, so you mentioned that you would, you know, change some things up. What particular, what might those things be? And are there resources that you can use like recordings and stories maybe that are Mm -hmm. told in Latin, you know? Yeah, definitely. So one thing that the program I'm using now, there's a lot of charts to memorize of endings and things like that. And while I probably won't step away from that completely, I'm finding as I look with what I know now from Buck's class, maybe not focusing so much on that because there's a lot of time spent in memorizing those things. And at that third, fourth, fifth grade level, do they need a lot of the charts that I'm having them memorize? Maybe not. So I can find more time during my week to do some of the interactive question and answer. And like you said, Karen, the stories and the um, uh, memorization of other things. So, um, I'm I'm looking forward to summer to be able to sit with my program and decide this is essential and this is something that isn't necessary and I can bring in some other things. Um, Buck had given some resources and, and you can always get on YouTube and find lots of lots of uh, readings in Latin and um, stories and, and things like that. So yeah, there's a, a lot of resources out there um, that are available and maybe even doing a, a hybrid bringing in some pieces from another curriculum to build in the stories and the, um, the conversational piece. That's neat. What would you say is one of the um, benefits that you, you see in your school? I mean, let's say, you know, I'm a homeschool mom and I know Latin's supposed to go along with classical education, but I don't know it. And, yeah. you know, what do I do? Is this really worth it? Is this really something I want to dive into and, and commit time and resources to? So mm-hmm. how, how would, by the way, I'm not saying that for me personally. I, I took high school Latin and I loved it. But, but if that were me, <laughs> what would you say to encourage me? I, I just find it so much fun to look at those foundational wor- uh, words. I love looking up the etymology of words. I love seeing where they come from. And that is part of what um, what I do a lot of is learning new Latin words and then looking at the derivatives. What do we get from those words? And um, helping the students build their own English vocabulary or learning how to figure out what a word means. To me, a lot of that is just fun because I love playing with words. Um, hearing from students in their other, you know, with their regular uh, full day teacher that the times that they were able to use their Latin to figure something out in literature or science mm. or the, the kiddos coming running across with their literature book and finding something in Latin and something they're reading. Um, so to me, it's just building layers of, of their education. It, they're finding other places that the Latin comes in and it, they're excited about it. So I would, yeah, I think it would be, I would really miss it if our school didn't have it or if I didn't have it. Did that answer your question? Yeah, it did. What, what about the fact that, well, Latin isn't a spoken language. How do yeah. we know how to say it? Is that something <laughs> your curriculum helps you with? Yeah, my, my, my answer to that is Latin and, uh, is technically a dead language because it's not a first language of any country, but it's not extinct, right? It's not gone. And okay. talking about Latin and the Romance languages and then English that has 
you know, such a high percentage of our, our words come from Latin and from Greek and those foundational languages. So that's what I try to encourage the students that they'll often come in and say, well, my, you know, family friend said you shouldn't take Latin because it's a dead language. And I'll say, well, here's what, how you could respond to that to help the people around you understand why studying Latin is a fun thing and is a good thing to do. I like that. Dead, but not extinct. That's good. Right. <laughs> Have you found some helpful crossover between English grammar and Latin? Mm-hmm, because, very much. you know, to, to look at some of the cases and the endings and mm-hmm. uh, the parts of speech, you know, English uses those parts of speech differently. But when I mm-hmm. taught third grade, I enjoyed them being able to see direct objects act differently in English to Latin, those kinds mm-hmm. of things. Like the little right. light bulbs would go on. Mm-hmm. But they also needed to know something about parts of speech mm-hmm. to do the workbook pages. Exactly. There's a lot of crossover from um, our grammar program to the Latin program. And I love telling our third grade students, you guys are learning things that you haven't even gotten to in your grammar classes yet. So when you get there, you're already going to have a handle on linking verbs, right? What is a linking verb and how does that relate the subject to the predicate noun and predicate adjective, etc. So we do a lot of playing with those kind of sentence structures in the third and fourth grade years in particular. So when they get to those in their English, they're already familiar with it. And in Latin, it's it's very structured. So it works the same every time, right? Even though, even if the sentence structure, the word order is all mixed up, you can tell what the sentence is because of the, the way the words are written with their endings and their case endings and all. Um, so, so definitely I, our school doesn't, but I've heard, and maybe you guys have too, of, of families or schools who, who teach English grammar through their Latin class, right? They learn it in Latin and then talk about how it plays out in English. So I think I, I don't know that our school would ever do that, but I think that's absolutely something that you could do, layering it all together in that way. I think oh. Martin Cawthron argues for that, you know, Martin of Memorial Press. Ah, okay. He argues that if, if they're studying their Latin grammar, they're going to get their English grammar. Right. Which I, you know, that's, I think mm-hmm. that's fair. Mm-hmm. It's taught well. Mm-hmm. Molly, yeah. do, you, do you bring any kind of I don't know, Roman history or culture, artwork, anything like that? Yeah, extra? absolutely. Um, so the, the, the program we use has that built in. They have a lot of photos of artifacts, a lot of photos of, of things like that that we take a lot of time to look at. Artwork, um, when they get up into their, their sixth and seventh grade year, their translation is from Roman history. So we do a lot of talking about the founding of Rome and the kings and the, the different heroes and heroines of Roman history. And they, they really love it. Once we get into the, where we're translating those stories, they have a lot of fun and we often will, will act them out in some way or diagram it, not diagram it, but pictures on the board and um, find ways for those stories to really stick in their minds. Um, there's not a lot that I, I bring in outside of that. Um, I don't have a lot of technology at the school, so I don't, I'm not, you know, I don't have computers up and showing pictures in that way, but I love the way the program has those things as part of it. Well, that's nice. That's a good reminder. You know, no matter what curriculum you choose to use, maybe look for one that offers those extras and is a help Mm -hmm. as a teacher. Um, So maybe our moms, as they're looking at different curriculum, could, could look for one that Gives them some resources like that. That's neat. Yeah. 
It does seem like that curriculum is is suited to the homeschool mom who maybe doesn't mm-hmm. have a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I I have the impression from using the well ordered language. I mm-hmm. used their grammar program the first year it came out, the first book, mm-hmm. and I um I just found it wonderful to use and easy to use, right. and uh, you know it's very teacher friendly, mm-hmm. and 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 holistic in a way. Like the grammar, the grammar book would give them poems mm-hmm. and parts of stories to show how that particular part of speech is used, and so mm-hmm. it you know makes it much more interesting and right. holistic. I, I imagine that the Latin is the same. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's a great way to build connections across the curriculum because if you're going to be reading Homer and, and Virgil eventually, right, after we get through the Iliad and the Odyssey, we go to the Aeneid, um, right. you sort of feel this kinship with, oh, Aeneas is founding Rome and and they're going to yeah. speak Latin and that's what Virgil wrote in and that's what I'm learning in my homework. And so... What a great way to to emphasize this is that great conversation that we're having with those people who lived thousands of years ago. They're still talking to us. We're reading it. We're talking to each other about it. It's not dead. It is not dead. It's definitely not extinct. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And in that way, it's central to classical education. Mm -hmm. It's like it's like a pivotal. That's right. Center of a concentric circle. Mm-hmm. However you want to imagine it. It's like, right. Yeah. I mean, I, I admit to, you know, in my era, when I was in high school, I took Latin because I liked words and I wanted to mm-hmm. understand English better. And it was wonderful for that. But of course, you know, I was in high school. I didn't have an understanding of what classical education yeah. was. And so today's, you know, students are so richly blessed to have, mm-hmm. you know, teachers like you and, and homeschool parents that, that want them to, to see those connections across the, right. across the curriculum. Yeah. When I was in high school, I took Latin. And one of the reasons I did was that the, the teacher who taught it was beloved and mm. everybody loved him. His name was Mr. Mm. Potter. And he would bring, he would bring in cookies. Like, why do I remember this? You know, it's like 50 years later almost. And I remember him bringing <laughs> cookies. cookies and, like everybody loved but he loved Mr. Potter and I, I love Latin because of that, you know, yeah. made you feel welcome. And it made you feel like it was a really great class. Mm-hmm. Same with my um, Latin teacher. I, I wouldn't say that he was necessarily truly beloved by the whole, we didn't get cookies either, but <laughs> this one little class, this name was Mr. Calora. And we learned about Greek mythology. And I think we did read parts of the Odyssey, um, not in Latin, but he gave us he gave us a little mini classical education every day in that class um, and opened our eyes to Greek plays and you know oh it was incredible so that's so good to hear that you guys remember that from your from your Latin teacher I think um, well our our student our sixth and seventh graders participate in taking the national Latin exam every year yeah. and when when that's finished and we get the results in. I have an ice cream party for everybody, regardless of what their score is. And I always let them, you know, I'll bring in the ice cream and I'll let them pick, you know, a handful of toppings to bring in. So, you know, just this week, it's each class is able to pick three different toppings for our smorgasbord. And um, I think they'll remember. I think they'll remember the ice cream party at the end of the National Latin Exam. So it, it's fun. I think as a Latin teacher, just playing with it. And I know the first couple of years I taught, it was more... It maybe wasn't as fun because I didn't know it as well, 
but the more I stuck with it, the more relaxed I could be, the more I knew, okay, this is where I'm starting, this is where I'm heading, and I began to enjoy it so much more. So, you know, even if I were um, just teaching my own my own children, I think just sticking with it and knowing that first year might just seem hard and might seem uncomfortable, but boy, stick with it because it gets more relaxed, you know what you're doing, and everybody can just grow together with it. Definitely worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And bring them cookies and ice cream. Yeah. (laughs) Can you remind me, is National Latin Exam something that homeschoolers can take advantage of and take part in? I think so. Um, I think so. It's through the Junior Classics League. And it happens in um, around March every year. Okay. So I can, um, I don't know, do you, are you able to put links to things on your? Yeah, we have our dual Facebook page. And we can put a link on there. Yeah, um, I can look into it and see if, if that's. I'm sure yeah, I don't yeah. see why not. Yeah, and well, it well, yeah. If you can do it as a homeschool co-op, yeah, exactly. And individual co-ops, or really, mm-hmm. a maybe uh, some families can get together and I'll take it right. together and then right. submit submit mm-hmm. it all together. Yeah. Um, my kids all took it and they always did really well. And they, mm-hmm. it, you know, it was, it was something to be celebrated for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 So, well, um, do you have any, um, ending advice here for the mother who is maybe has a second grader and she's going, oh, I better teach Latin next year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've given lots of great yeah. advice. Yeah, I just think uh, find the right time for your family. If it's something that just you've got to do what's right for your own family and finding the way to bring Latin in in a way that blesses you and is not washing you down. Um, go slow. There's no reason to rush through it. You don't no reason to to make it something that is a have to do. You have to do it, but it's more of a get to do kind of thing. Um, that's really helpful that idea the you know the mental space for that right yeah exactly exactly and just find the resources on Circe find resources otherwhere for yourself to get to know get to know Latin a little bit so that you've got some um you know some confidence behind you going through but just don't I mean I we all know our students love to see and our children love to see us learning as well and uh right now our my uh, sixth and seventh graders are memorizing the the Pater Noster, the Lord's Prayer in Latin, and they 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 giggle at me because I keep looking. I'm memorizing it with them because I haven't memorized this one before, and I keep peeking, and they're they keep laughing at me. So um, doing those things right along with them just makes it fun because we're doing it together. So have fun with it. That's the biggest right. thing. That is true. Yeah. And that way the the enjoyment lasts and can carry them through more years. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here with us today, Molly. It's really great to see you and to hear this wonderful, these wonderful things about Latin and classical education and homeschooling. And so thank you. And nice to see you, Renee. And thank you to all our listeners. Here's to home.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 